0: It's the Real Roots Radio podcast. On-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Gary Kahn is a veteran broadcaster, heard Saturday mornings six to nine on Kahn Country and Coffee. Let's see who Gary recently had as a special guest on his program.
1: Well, our special guest this morning is a a gentleman that I've known probably 35, 40 years anyway. And uh, he's from here in Ohio lives in nashville now he's from gratis
0: and uh i'm talking about the one and only donnie lewis good morning donnie uh, oh my goodness it's great to hear your voice sir you got that strong radio voice uh, i always remember it. it's an honor to talk to you sir.
1: well thank you so much you you've just been so active uh, when did you move to nashville
0: well you know what i'm going to uh let you know that i'm not a very good year-to-year person i i have some friends that you can say, well, what year did that tour happen or when did you move to? I'm not very good at that. So uh-huh. I will tell you that I moved to Arkansas first, which would have been probably, well, let's just be on the safe side and say mid-80s. Uh, probably two years out of high school. Uh-huh. Our good friend, I'm sure you knew Dave Wilcox, um, I'm sure you guys were buddies. Rest in peace, yes. Dave. He's the one who... Uh, told me about a group called Dixie Melody Boys and that they were looking for a drummer. And I went and filled in with them for three or four days. And it was fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, But part of the deal was we'll supply you with a band trailer and uh, you'll have a little home there with the rest of the band. And economically, for me, it just didn't work out, even though I had a good time there. And then he told me later about Mid-South. So
1: and so you moved to I Arkansas moved. to be with Mid-South. I, I
0: did. Yeah, I did. I was there, I believe we were there six years. And then when we got the record deal, they urged us, uh, they said, you don't have to, but it would be really uh, beneficial to you guys in your career if you would be in Nashville. So we picked up and moved, and we loved Sheridan, Arkansas. I still go back from time to time to visit friends, but... If you're going to be in the music industry like we were at the time, it was it was definitely a good thing to be a national. Exactly.
1: I, I moved there in 87, so uh, uh, not long after you probably went to uh, Sheridan, Arkansas. So Now, you grew up in Gratis, which is in Preble County.
0: Yeah, I was getting ready to say you're going to have to explain Gratis, but I think that one of your stations covers the Preble County area, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Okay, so some of the people might know Gratis then. I mean, it's a town of six or seven hundred people yeah i grew up there just outside of gratis and went to preble shawnee and uh that's my roots my mother still lives there my uh, middle brother still lives there so i get get back quite often and um i think it was three years ago now they had their 200th birthday and uh, they asked me to be the uh grand marshal in the parade and the guest speaker really i said yeah I'd do that. I'm happy to do that. But then I got realizing, well, with that small of a talent, I didn't have very many options or choices. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by default, I... No, I don't think that's
1: true. There. They were no doubt glad to have you, so...
0: Yeah, you know, it was fun, and that was just right after. Now, I did go to Preble Shawnee and graduated from there, but for two years. At the time, it was called MCJVS, and... I thought I was going to end up being a veterinarian or maybe a biology teacher because that's what I went there two years for. And I was the 49th person that was selected in that school's Hall of Fame. Wow. Out of thousands of students that went through there since the early 70s. So that was a huge honor. But something that's kind of funny about it is I'm in the music business, and every person, all 48 other people, followed their career path that they went to school there for two years, and I'm the only one that's in a different career path, but they still put me in the Hall of Fame. So I'm still trying to figure that one well,
1: out. Well, that's so. because of what you've done uh, in your uh, uh, in your business life, why they put you in the Hall of Fame. So, no doubt about that. Well, after you left uh, Mid-South, Mid-South traveled for several years and sang. They were first known as the Mid-South Boys, and then uh, became mid south and had some hit records and some uh, uh, Dove Award winner uh, winning records, I believe. Yeah, and uh, yeah,
0: I have a hard I have a hard time, Gary, of uh, calling them mid south because we used the words name the name mid south boys for so long, even when we were in Arkansas. So it, it's I, I call it mid south boys as much as I do mid south.
1: Well, why why was the change in the name?
0: Ah, uh, the record company and the the team recommended that we we change it uh, because uh, we didn't want to be so collect uh, so compared to Down East Boys, uh, Oak Ridge Boys. There were a lot of bands at that time, and still to this day, that use the word "boys" at the end of their name. And so, it was just trying to come up with something new and uh, decided to go with a Territory Mid-South. And that's now, this the was after originated. you
1: signed with uh, Word Records, correct?
0: Uh, actually, I think it was after that with uh, Warner Chapel.
1: With Warner Chapel, okay.
0: Yeah, and it might have been in between Word and War- Warner Chapel, but uh, the name happened about that, around that time. hmm and, and I believe our contract was bought out by Warner Chapel from Word. Okay. Uh, no, I take that back. I'm sorry. The The contract was bought out by Word from Eddie Cook Company, Morningstar. Uh-huh. Right. So, yeah, we went through a name change, but we went by both. I mean, that's people are, are, you know, our fans that followed us with Mid-South Boys, they had a hard time changing the name. So, we always answered to Mid-South exactly. Boys a lot anyway.
1: You had fans, and they're going to call you what they want to call you. So,
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, after you left the um, after you left Mid South, you went for a few months with a group called the Trail Yeah,
0: I went there. We had a nice little band. They had uh, four part harmony vocals. That uh, one of them actually, David Staten. I don't know if you know the Staten brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they were out of the Hamilton Fairfield area, I believe. So David was the lead singer, and he was a strong vocalist. So. Uh, That was awesome. And Doyle Harper, who you probably know from uh, his Dixie uh, Echoes days, Mm -hmm. was the tenor singers. And they had a nice little band put in place. And myself and Jeremy Metcalf, who at the time was playing for the Freemans, uh, we went there. And I went there primarily because I was able to learn uh, how to run an office. And that was a part of the deal when I went there. And so I got an amazing experience of how to uh, run an office and start to learn managerial skills, which I wanted to do that in the music industry. And
1: You knew at that time you wanted to be in management.
0: And you know what? I never, I don't think I realized that I would ever be with any other band besides uh, Mid-South. But, you know, it just happened that way. And it was a good move for me to learn more than just playing drums because I knew I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. But it was a good run. No complaints, but... I just always knew that I would probably end up in the music business end side of it. Right, right. In a gospel group, I believe, back in uh, Ohio, correct?
1: Yes. I was in several groups around the Ohio area. So, uh, And uh, my last group was with the Crownsmen in Cincinnati. So,
0: I, I absolutely knew that, for right. sure. And uh, there, to me, there were two premier uh, groups. And I was talking about this with their bass player this morning. There were two groups that came out of that area that were very popular in the tri-state area of Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio, regional groups. And that was the Crownsman, but also the one that I played drums for for a little while, which was the Southern Airs. Oh, Oh, my gosh, they were amazing, had a tight little band when I was there. And that's probably what got me recognized with Dave Wilcox is... uh, uh, traveling with the Southerners, and I loved every moment of that. It was a great
1: well. We've mentioned experience. Dave's name a couple of times. Dave was from Miamisburg originally. And, like Dave?
0: Uh, Dave was the manager of the Radio Shack when I was working part time in between years of high school at Elder Beerman at Towel Mall. Really? And so, yes, and we. So we both had roots in gospel music. He played some as well. So we had lunch quite a bit, and then when he got the job with eddie crook company is like my goodness my buddy from across the hallway here at the mall is now gone but it didn't take very long for him to give me a buzz and say hey here's here's what's happening you should go try out with these bands wow so I'm forever ever grateful to dave wilcox.
1: and of course we lost dave a couple of years ago and and we still miss him what a what a great man
0: yes absolutely that was a shocking thing and yeah rest in peace for sure Mr. Yes. wilcox
1: yes for sure now after your uh, management training, quote unquote, with uh, the Trailblazers, you ended up becoming uh, the road manager for uh, a very famous country artist. And that would be Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. How how did that come about?
0: Well, I don't know if you would know the gentleman that was a drummer and married to Kim Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go blank on a name there, so I'm not even going to try. Okay. Uh, but th- there was a buddy of mine that was driving bus for Tammy Wynette, and he was a former drummer. He played for the uh, Jeff and Sherry Easter. Marty Johnson, the name just came to me, okay. Marty Johnson, and uh, his wife, Jane Green. Yes. Uh, that they she was the soloist, and she was going to go more full-time. He had graduated or pro- been promoted from driver to tour manager. He called me up one day and said, hey, I know that we took the same path. I was a drummer, then I was a driver, then I was Tammy Wynette's tour manager. I'm getting ready to leave. And he said, I, I'm going to throw your name into the hat because I know you're kind of leaning toward doing that. Well, I knew that it was a very outside shot that I would get that job of a legend and icon in country music because there were seven other experienced tour managers vying for that job. And, uh, Tammy's husband manager at the time chose me because I was willing to do things that other veteran tour managers wouldn't do, Mm -hmm. like come into the office every day where they wanted to work out of their house and to be trained the way he wanted them to be trained. So I left the interview going, look, I know that was a great experience interviewing with for Tammy Winnett's job, but I then later on that afternoon went to interview with Ricky Skaggs and had two interviews at the same day after looking for a tour manager's job or position that was open that I would interview for and reality hit me that I just got hired by both in the same day and George Ritchie told me to call Karen the uh, office manager at Skaggs and say no I've already taken the job so he was older than I did so I called back and uh, that that was really amazing, and I think that I decided on the Tammy Wynette tour because she was going to uh, Europe the following month, and I had never been out of the United States.
1: And that's one thing as a as a tour manager. We're going to talk about a tour manager in just a minute. But you've you've traveled
0: all over the world now, haven't you? The last count was twenty-one countries, all fifty states, three times, three U.S. territories, and i'm just extremely blessed that i've been able to see the world paid for by the artists that i'm working for
1: wow that's awesome that's awesome well donnie tell our listeners what does a tour manager do
0: uh, well uh i just mentioned in a in a book that i wrote a chapter for that uh because they were wanting to know the same thing and i said uh I would best describe it as an executive babysitter. <laughs> Whoever named it tour manager really, it was a misnomer. They they didn't they didn't title it by the right title, but really the tour manager is the person who oversees uh, the band. So then there's the band leader, and the band leader typically does the hiring and firing of the band members. And then there's the production manager that the tour manager oversees, and the production manager uh hires and fires the crew and then uh so you basically oversee everything and if you do a good job of hiring a good band leader or there's already a band leader there in place and a good production team it makes a tour manager's job a a lot easier it makes if you have a good crew and a good band and a good artist it makes the tour manager look really good Uh uh-huh uh you know we book the hotels we where the go-between on interviews uh make sure that the artist the band and everybody stays on uh, schedule uh, lease the trucks the buses the planes the uh do the on-tour accounting a lot of times sometimes if it's a big tour there'll be a tour accountant but tour manager many times gets uh involved in the financial end of it as well so it's a big responsibility, but I've loved every moment of it.
1: Oh, that's great. And then how long were you with Tammy?
0: I was with her for three years, and then her schedule started to slow down to about 25 or 30 shows a year. So with her blessing, uh, I was able to interview with Trisha Yearwood and got that job. Um, I did not know this, but Trisha had inquired with Tammy and George if I could interview for her job. And uh, Tammy said, well, you know, I'm slowing down. He's like a kid to me. Uh, he's done a great job and full blessings that he goes and does that. And on my last night in Robinsonville, Mississippi, she brought me onto the stage and held my hand and told the audience that this was my last night. And she said, I want to sing a song for him. And she broke into Stand By Your Man and had to stop three times because she got teary-eyed. Wow. So, yeah, that was, I wish that I could find, I hear that it's on videotapes somewhere. I'd uh-huh. love to see that, well, but sure. I haven't been able to track it down. So.
1: And so then you were with Miss Yearwood, and uh, you were with her for how many years?
0: 11 years, and then uh, she uh, and Garth stopped touring. She got married to Garth, so uh-huh. there was a little downtime there. And uh, the management company also had uh, several other artists uh, in their uh, roster, on their roster. And Peter Frampton was one of those. And I didn't know very much about uh, Mr. Frampton at the time. I knew that he was an iconic guitar player, but at the time I couldn't have named one song that he did until I heard them. And then I said, oh, yeah, I know those songs. Uh, Mr. Gary, I went there for a three-week weekend run to fill in while they were looking for a new tour manager, and I ended up staying there for 18 years.
1: Have you been with Peter for 18 years?
0: Yes. That's, in, Man, <laughs> that's insanity. That does
1: not seem yeah. possible.
0: Well, especially for somebody that went there knowing that they were going to be there for three weekends. So it was just meant to be. Was, went for three it,
1: weekends it and spent 18 years. So, uh yeah. That's a pretty good deal. Now, Peter is retiring, is he not?
0: Yeah, he just finished the uh, U.S. uh, Frampton Farewell Tour, uh, and that was a great, great run last year. And uh, if it weren't for the coronavirus, we would be leaving in a few days to go to Europe to do the Frampton Farewell Europe Tour.
1: Yeah, he had some Uh, other tours scheduled uh, in his retirement going around the world, didn't he?
0: south america europe and the possibility of australia uh but we'll just take that and see if it happens in the spring of next year or where it goes but definitely everything's off the calendar for this year
1: wow that'd be nice to be we to go on those tours with him and hopefully they'll still uh uh go on so uh and so your your time with peter is kind of coming to an end i, I think you're going to continue to do some things with him as the coronavirus lets up but Where are you going to work now?
0: Well, I've always been entrepreneurial, and so I have a travel uh, company that I work with. I love that a lot. Uh, I have a nice team put in place on that. Uh, Off and on, I do travel and concierge work for professional athletes, baseball players, and entertainers. I've done that off and on, so I always have that to go to. But I'm loving the travel industry, and I'm uh, back doing work with Trisha Yearwood. Um, I mean, it was like I never left uh-huh. because I, I did things from time to time. But I've, I did 23 shows with her at the end of the year. And so
1: you're, you're going to become the tour manager again for uh, Trisha Yearwood.
0: Yeah, her travel schedule is nothing like what it's been in the past or what Frampton would do. But to me it could end up being the perfect scenario that I'd be able to do what I want to do to finish out my career in life. And so it's a good fit.
1: That's fantastic. Now you mentioned a book, uh, you have been included in this book.
0: There is a group of authors, uh, Johnny Wimbery and Les Brown, who are both, uh, New York times best-selling authors. And once a year, uh, they do, an anthology of 18 chapters of people that come from different backgrounds, stories, and careers. And uh, they interview, uh, it's like a two or three person panel that interviews you over the phone. And then, they, then I flew to Dallas and met with Johnny. And uh, they chose me for one of the 18 chapters over a lot of people that uh, talk about it and get asked to interview so i feel really blessed about that because i like that it's a very motivational chapter and uh getting my started there in southern part of ohio and gratis and uh you know kind of my story in one chapter and uh it's going to be a great book i think the title is going to be uh the power of mental wealth and it will come out in uh right around november or thanksgiving time just in time for the christmas holiday so um if anybody would want to uh have a copy of that uh if we can give out my email address sure. i'll do that go on ahead they, they can write me and even though it's there's probably going to be like a pre-release on that book and i know a lot of my buddies friends and maybe some two or three of my relatives might want to pick that book up so my email address is easy It's TOUR, and the abbreviation for Manager, M-G-R, the number 7, at AOL.com. So T-O-U-R, M-G-R, 7, at AOL.com. You can just drop a line, and I can tell you where and how you can get that book, and that would be awesome that you're allowing me to do that.
1: They've put out other copies of this or other versions of this book that uh, have been big sellers, haven't they?
0: Every book that they've put out so far as an anthology has went number one on the new york times bestseller list really so, yeah i'm i'm uh, honored to be featured in this book and uh, there's four of us uh on the front cover which is les brown and and three others and they uh, they told me that i was going to be on the front cover so it's very exciting something new that i've always wanted to do and just didn't know how god would open up those doors but it just happened over the last few weeks and truly excited about that oh being sure in that
1: that's great donnie and you're also doing some motivational speaking of your own
0: yes um last year i did several events one of them was uh, a music event for uh, young music entrepreneurial folks that are here in nashville and it was from several schools belmont uh, mtsu and uh, it, it was a pretty big event um uh, called career touring career workshop and i was the keynote speaker for them and then i spoke in uh believe it was oh i'm gonna get the city wrong it might have been san antonio or houston texas and there was about ten thousand people there for that event uh so i like that i mean i'm just me and i tell my story and uh basically an underdog growing up uh basically i was told by the band teacher in sixth or seventh grade that i didn't make the cut for drums for the marching band that i could be the cymbals player <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so having revenge on that i decided i was going to go play for the Southern Airs and some other groups to make a little bit of money on the weekends which led to my career playing drums for a living so uh, I won't say it was a na-na-na-boo-boo moment, but it kind of felt that way. If so. they could
1: only see you now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, I love underdog stories. It just it, Those make my day. I read those a lot, and people don't realize that there's a lot of people that, because of their financial situation growing up or where they grew up, they might can be considered underdog. But if you have the belief and if you have consistency – and you put your mind to it, you can do just about anything that you want to do, and that's what I did. I, I say that I went from an underdog to an overdog, and there is such a thing as an overdog. Uh, surprisingly, I looked that up in the dictionary, and there is a, a real word, overdog. Okay. So I, I love teaching people that just have not had things go their way as an underdog and to take them under my wings and, and help them be successful in the music career and in the entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Donnie, I'm sure you want to say hello to uh, your friends and relatives in the Preble County area and all around this uh, Dayton, Ohio area. So,
0: Well, I hope they get to listen. And I uh, was talking to uh, one of my buddies I haven't seen in a long time, uh, Eddie Browning and Bob Walls, both of those guys. I talked to them today, and they were former members of Southern Airs. My mom still lives in Gratis. My brother lives just outside of Gratis. So howdy to all the people, the Preble Countyans, and uh, – I'm glad this, uh, this station is in the Preble County market, so they'll get to hear this if we make sure that we let them know about it.
1: Well, Donnie, it's great to hear from you, and thank you for being on uh, our show today. And uh, um, Godspeed to you and all of the things that you do in the future.
0: Thank you. I'm honored that you've asked me to do this, especially at, since it's in a market that I have a lot of friends and family so uh, thank you for this, and uh, I've got another one to do this afternoon. I'm excited about doing that, too. Uh, so it's a blessing to be on your show and to reconnect with you, and uh, we're Facebook friends, so stay in touch, and it's great to hear your marvelous radio voice.
1: Oh, thank you, Donnie. Appreciate it. We cover a lot of ground in the Miami Valley. Stay tuned to your hometown station, Rio Roots Radio.